Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your masculine, handsome, beautiful, hilarious, intimidating host, Rich Dotson. Whoa. Here with my eh, host, Matt O'Hara. Hi. Hey, guy. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. On this fabulous Tuesday evening. It's beautiful uh, outside. I have to admit, I've had better introductions. Yeah? Yeah. It, that one was kind of slanted your way a little don't, bit. Don't worry. We don't do any editing here, but I'm going to go back, I'm going to edit that, and I'm going to build you up so big, you're going to be like the Statue of Liberty. I can't wait, man. Yeah, put that little wand up high. <laughs> Call your Wanda Sykes. All right. Psych! Uh, so we're back right. today on this Tuesday evening, what you're going to be listen, listening to this to on a Wednesday, maybe a Thursday, maybe a Friday, maybe don't get it to Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's at your leisure. That's what's great about That's podcasts. What's great you know? It's like, hey, you, great. you hit play, here we are. We're here for you. Whenever. We're here every week to make you a better dynasty player. It's the only reason we do this, right? We don't do this for fun. No. I have a great time doing this. This is awesome. <laughs> but at the same time, we want to make your team a better team. And by doing that, um, it all starts with your rookie draft and building on these rookies that you get into your dynasty leagues to build this long-term championship. And last week, we broke down the first round of the NFL draft. Today, we're going to get into the second round of the NFL draft. Maybe we'll break down. Maybe we'll get into the third. Who knows? Who knows how far this road will take us? Who knows? I don't know. I'll bust up my crystal balls right now, but I don't want to. I want to be surprised today. A little news and notes. C.J. Anderson signs with the Carolina Panthers. That's destiny. Yeah, That's perfect. He does everything Jonathan Stewart does, but twice as good. I mean, I don't think it's even twice as good. I think he just does everything Jonathan Stewart did. No, he passed like four years ago. He passed protects better than Jonathan Stewart. I don't he, think that was a weakness of Jason. I'm not saying it's a weakness okay. of Jason. I right. say he does it better. Uh, he catches the ball better than Jonathan Stewart. Not also not a weakness of Jonathan Stewart. Didn't say it was. <laughs> I'm not saying these are weakness. <laughs> All right. I'm not talking about your mama's knees. I mean, whoa, whoa, easy. It's just a your mama joke. Let's get off of mom's, because I just got off of yours. Hardy are. I just wet down my leg. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not like Jonathan Stewart, but we all know the story. No, Jonathan Stewart Stu. is Jay Stu is glue factory, man. Dude, if Jay Stu was alphabet soup, you'd look down and be B-O-R-I-N-G. Boring. I thought you were going to spell broken. I was like, dude, you're doing it wrong. We're not talking about ankles here. <laughs> I'm LeBron James, baby. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, but to me... C.J. Anderson's a better running back than Jonathan Stewart. Right now, 100%. So he's going to come in, fill that role. I know all the Christian McCaffrey owners are like, oh, no. But listen, I don't even get all this hype when people are like, oh, in the offseason, these are the winners of the NFL draft, Christian McCaffrey. Dude, Christian McCaffrey was never getting all the carries in between the tackles no matter what. He's not a every down back. No, they tried that. It looked ugly. Yeah, he's not an every down back. He needs somebody just like C.J. Anderson to offset him. That's the perfect kind of back. He's a guy that can perfect. pound it between the tackles and everything like that, and he's out there in yeah. space. And what's there to cry about? Christian McCaffrey was a running back one last year catching footballs. Right. Guess what Christian McCaffrey's going to do again this year? Be a number Catch footballs. Yeah. He's going to be a number one running back catching footballs. Do you think this is like a good time just to, for 
you know, pooping giggles to throw an offer out for Christian McCaffrey and like, hey, CJ's in there. That's going to really hurt CJ, uh, Christian McCaffrey. I'll give you uh, my first next year and my second next year and my third next year and my fourth next year and my fifth next year. Hey, you know what? That equates you to? Know. I'll give you my entire draft. Yes. Do you love those trades when people are like, hey, 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 dude, I'll give you my entire draft, all five picks. And you're like, dude, you're really essentially offering me a first and a second. Right. All <laughs> that other crap is a dart throw. Yeah. The third's like, uh, you're right. uh, like I'm going to start up draft right now. And people are like, hey, I'll give you a fifth. And we're like, uh. I mean, if somebody's going to offer me their first, second, and third round pick, you might as well just give me the fourth, fifth, and sixth as well. I mean, mine as well. Just throw them all in there. It, it's it makes it's it, a dart throw. It makes it somewhat somewhat more enticing, but it's it, those are just dart throws. Overall, though, you're on a team that that runs the ball a lot. I believe Carolina ran the ball ninth most in the NFL last year, so he's going to get a decent amount of carries. It's a team that likes to run the football. You know, trying to protect Cam a little bit more here. Mm-hmm. You're going to bring in a rookie receiver and a guy. Uh, like DJ Moore to be the number two. You got Torrey Smith out there, but he's all good for one thing and one thing only, and that's going deep and Go, catching. But that, but that, but that actually can help the running game some because it pulls the safety away from yes. the line of scrimmage. And and, you got the big and, receiver in Devin Funchess, so right. they're still going to run the ball. Uh, you know, they're trying to get away off of Cam with some of those goal line carries as it is. So I think it's a good spot for CJ Anderson. I think he could flirt with if he stays healthy, a high end running back two numbers this year uh, if he can manage to score some touchdowns. I, I agree with that. Yep. Uh, so I think that was the only thing that happened in the NFL this year. Um, not so fast, sir. Mark Akeem, Ingram. Oh, well, that's true. And Akeem Hunt got cut off the Kansas City Chiefs, so there's no more double hunts. Akeem, not Kareem. What did I say? Just, no, I just wanted to make sure that everyone heard you correctly. Akeem, not Kareem. Yeah, see, it's already, you're confusing me already. I'm just exactly. glad it's gone. Yep. Hopping away. Get out of here. Yep. Uh, yeah, so then, only the good guy is left. So it's very easy. The to good hunt. Yep. Yes. The crocodile Dundee of the bunch, not the uh, the other guy. The Who's the bad hunter? I don't know. Me. I okay, guess. you. Yeah, me. You. Give me a crossbow. I'm going to end up shooting myself in the eye. Yeah, that's be, good, uh, man. It's going to be like a Christmas story here. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do with this thing? Like, I, I have a picture of the cartoon character that tried to hunt hunt the uh, Bugs Bunny, but I can't think of his name. Elmer Fudd. There you go. Yeah, I'm not on that wascally wabbit getting away <laughs> from me go. every single time. If I was left, you know, like the Walking Dead, and there's an apocalypse, and you got that Daryl guy with the crossbow, he's out there eating squirrels and whatnot. I'd be, I'd be like, I, I hope a squirrel has a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> I'd be able to catch it then. I'd be so screwed. Like yeah. once all the canned goods are gone and the Twinkies are expired, like I'm 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 in bad shape. Like I don't know how to farm. I don't know how to hunt. I was always I was always pretty bad with with plants up until about a couple of years ago. What kind of plants? Any plants I'd kill. Oh, but now I'm actually starting to be able to grow some stuff, which is cool. You I've mean, got an avocado plant that's about uh, a foot and a half tall right now, d- and wait, I live in Cleveland. You can you can grow an avocado plant in Cleveland? Yeah. Holy shit, kebabs! Mm-hmm. In my house, yeah. I thought I thought plants were like chia pets. You just add water. They're not all the same, sir. Well, yeah, different I mean, watering they techniques. Got, they got the pigs. They got the af- of, guys with the afros. Oh, There's all different kinds. Of, you're right. There's different kinds of chia pets. Chia, right? But um, I digress. Let's get back to the fantasy football stuff. Mark Ingram. Wait, you don't think people are tuning in to hear about chia pets and wh- growing avocado so. plants? No, I don't think so. What else can you grow? Lots of stuff. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, Mark Ingram slapped with a four-game PED ban. Ooh, get off those Pez dispensers, buddy. That sucks if you are a Mark Ingram owner because I am a Mark Ingram owner in one league. Me too. And me personally, I I mean, I was just hoping to get a good year out of him. If I wasn't in contention, move on from him this year because obviously he's he's getting towards the twilight of his career. Correct. But now this is going to slow him down. I mean, you could still get the late-year type of, of sell opportunity, but – 
if you had any delusions, you know, of of moving him early in the year, they are now gone. Yeah, big boost for Alvin Kamara. Obviously. But listen, I don't think I don't think Alvin Kamara got more than nineteen carries at all last year. So I mean, it, Mark Ingram started every game. He was yeah, the quote unquote starter. Exactly. I mean, so don't get. I, I think Alvin Kamara can be a be in between the tackles runner, but they're gonna they're not gonna try and over use him early that's for sure so look for a guy like jonathan williams to come in and be that guy one of these guys i think is he still on the, is he still on the team williams? i believe so okay uh somebody's gonna be that big in between the tackles runner earlier on so don't look for alvin alvin kamara's gonna get a bump and maybe they'll use this as a, like an experiment i think we'll know more in the preseason possibly well mark ingram's gonna be able to play in preseason yes but they're gonna we're gonna know early if they how they plan on using right. alvin Early, because they know they're going to be back in four weeks. So. I think I think he's going to get an additional. This is just my prediction: four or five carries a game. But he's not going to get like the the fifteen to twenty carries. He's not going to get all of Mark Ingram's of workload. Okay, well, you know, now I got to do it. Let me get out the crystal ball. Oh Hold God, on. here we go. <sighs> just because I make a prediction, you got to pull out your crystal balls. Sweet succulent balls. <laughs> Jesus, please tell me how many carries Alvin Kamara is going to get week between week one and week four. Tell me, oh, wise balls. 22. 22 per that's game? That's not bad. Yeah, that's, yeah. That sounds about right. Ah, thanks, balls. Let me put these balls away. Yeah, put them away. Get them yeah, back. so it's it's Alvin Kamara, still good, still elite. Just did a startup draft. He went number six overall. Well, doesn't surprise me. Ahead of Barkley. Yeah. Ahead of a lot of guys. Proven. You know what I mean? Some guys. For have, one year. Right. Proven. Studley. Yeah. Love him. Seen him in the NFL. You've seen him versus. NFL defenses. Finishes rookie years number three overall fantasy PPR running back. That's pretty good. Top three. That's a medal, son. Yes, sir. You could be an Olympian. Yep. Coming home with the bronze. It's not my favorite color, but. Who yeah. do you think is going to be in 2018 when it's all said and done? Just, you know, just going off cuff here. Who will finish as running back one? I mean, the, the season that Gurley had last year, it's hard to go away from him. Well, it's only been done like three times in history in NFL, so odds of him repeating it. I, I, I understand. I know. I mean, could you see Zeke doing it with a full full off season and a full year under his belt? My guy is Le'Veon Bell. That's who I'd pick. That's who. I, that's the other guy I was thinking of. I mean, but it, but in my mind, it's between those three. But if you okay, so let me. Get but now, off. Th- but now this puts Kamara into the conversation because he's going to get a boost especially so, early in the year. You know, obviously the top guys you're thinking of are you know possibly David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. Todd Gurley, Zeke Elliott, right? Those right. are the guys. Am I missing somebody? No, I think those are the top four. Those, are, those are like the obvious. Like if you're going to pick one, those are going to the chalk guys. Right. Who could be a non-chalk? Winner? The non-chalk, like, you know, Kareem Hunt being an NFL rushing leader this year. Who could be the non-chalk guy? You could see this, he finishes running back one next year overall. And you'd be like, you're surprised he's not one of those top guys, but you're not overly surprised. <sighs> I mean, honestly, I'm I'm having I'm drawing blanks here as far as who else would be like a surprise guy. I mean, I, I dude, I don't even know. I mean, I think I think get out your balls. Let's see. You want, you want me to do it? <laughs> yeah, man. I'll just be. I literally have no idea, but let me hear. Let me all go. right, all right. Come back out. <gasps> who, in a different universe, a different reality, would finish as running back one next year? That would sh- kind of shock people, then not shock people. Give them to me, balls. Oh, God. <gasps> Holy shit kebabs. Christian McCaffrey. Oh, my. Catches 102 footballs for 985 yards and seven touchdowns with 460 rushing 
yards and three touchdowns. And he finishes his running back one. That would be amazing. Yeah, that's pretty good numbers. I mean, could it be Jarek McKinnon? Ooh. Coming out of nowhere? Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Dude, I love McKinnon this year. I love him. So, I mean, so do I. I mean, he, I gave him a first and a second for him in a super flex league. He could blow up, but I mean, I. That would be like a dark horse, crazy person that would just comes out of kind of kind of out of nowhere that You're popped right. in my head. And then like we're all talking, he's only because he's only twenty five years old. People are like, "Oh, didn't see that coming." But me, like secretly, I've been trying to get as many McKinnon cares, shares as I can because sure. I love him. Like yep. I said, I gave up a first and a second next, like a first, a second this year, which was like two four in a super flex league, which was a good pick. All right. Uh, and a first next year for McKinnon because I'm that I'm a believer. Call me the monkeys. Hey hey, I'm a believer. Hey <laughs> hey. I'm a monkey. Okay. Well, uh, that's a good pick. Yeah. My McCaffrey pick's a good pick. Yeah, they're both good picks. Um, could Barkley be one of those guys, potentially? Potentially. I mean, absolutely. Same thing, he'd have to catch a ton of footballs. He would have to catch a ton of footballs. I don't think it's like – if if he did that, I don't think it would be like, oh, my God, it'd be like here's another rookie that comes into the league and tears it up. Because mostly – like was expected kind of to be awesome. So. You know, I mean, usually – because the funny thing is, like, usually the top PPR running back usually finishes, I think – what we see him is usually three overall. Kamara last year, Danny Woodhead done has done it twice mm-hmm. as running back three catching footballs. Um, I think if we go back, it's, I, I got like Devontae Freeman. I mean, a couple years back was catching a bunch Most, of footballs. To be the top running back, you have to be able to catch football. Right. Same thing, Gurley caught a crap load of football. Right. That's why he's number one. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell always he's probably one of the best receiving backs in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So that's how you got to finish as running back one. That's why PPR running backs are so important and why we love them over guys like Derrick Henry. Yeah. Over a guy like that hurts. It's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to get to the top without him. And it, exactly. It really that's yeah. why we, you know, again, we don't poo poo on Darius Geis like he's a bad running back. You like Darius Geis a lot. You loved his film. He was Absolutely. your number two running back coming into it it's just the fact and we're going to talk about Darius guys here shortly is just because you know without that without catching footballs without being a ppr back it makes it extremely hard just to finish as a running back one all right absolutely and, and that's yeah. that's where you need to be if you're, you're being a top five picks so speaking of Darius guys speaking of the second round how about we get into the second round of the nfl draft matt o'hara because uh, I know we're certainly not after all this mumbo jumbo not getting to the third round no let's just um, do let's just do round number two here today next we'll come back and do round three four Yes. Come on, baby. Let's do it. Um, so with the with the second round, as it kicked off with the third pick in the second round, the Cleveland Browns select running back Nick Chubb out of Georgia. What do you think? Um, good pick. I mean, um, second all time leading rusher out of Georgia, only behind Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker, absolutely. Um, you know, good fit. I think there in Cleveland. I think he's going to be able to to fit into their scheme nicely. I mean. It, it's going to be a little bit crowded this year, I think, with with Hyde there in, in ahead of him. Very but, crowded, and plus they're playing. Look at it almost like the Demarco Murray situation, where we we said like, remember when Derek Henry oh, yeah. came out and people were like overly excited about it? We're like, dude, Demarco Murray's got two years guaranteed on his contract. He's playing two years, and they're going to give him carries because they're paying him good money. Absolutely. Carlos Hyde's making six million dollars this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's top ten NFL running back money. Top ten. Okay. They're going to ride him out oh, yeah. and get some carries, and they're going to be careful with Chubb, who's still coming off, you know, healthy last year, but still easing back into the NFL. They know they know next year is a year they really want to compete for the playoffs and really be a legit contender. So they want to kind of keep him somewhat fresh. So he will be somewhat limited. I think the key here with Nick Chubb is what are they going to do? And the biggest thing I'm paying attention to is do they re-sign Duke Johnson this offseason? Because if they do, I think that's a huge – Ding. Ding yeah, to Nick Chubb. Absolutely. It is. You know. Not where he won't catch footballs. He will, but he'll be more limited in that role drastically. 
Like Duke Johnson's. I think the only thing that helps is Duke does play slot. A I lot was going to well. say. I was going to say there was a conversation last year that Duke would be moved almost a wide receiver position full time. And, and that never really came to fruition. And, and, and then, you know, obviously in the offseason, they go out and get um, Jarvis Landry. So there's not as much of a need there. So I think he's probably going to stay at the running back position if I had to guess. But his contract situation is still very much up in the air. And, and without knowing that for sure, it's a little tough to project Nick Chubb and, and how he's going to be used going forward. But but like you said, for this year, I think he's going to be almost, uh, you know, Carlos Hyde's caddy. And, and, and kind of spell him. I think he'll be used. I, I'm looking at Carlos Hyde again about, I think it's going to be kind of like that DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry things where they, you know, Derrick Henry got just enough carries. we got people with some good blood flow where I think, you know, Carlos Hyde's going to come in and get about 15 carries. I think Chubb's going to get anywhere from six to nine carries per game. And then you'll have Duke uh, right in there as well as the third down running back. And, and Chubb's a very solid guy, real smooth runner. Browns have some really good guards there. He's got some good lateral quickness yep. in between those tackles as well. I like him as an inside runner a lot. Showed a good, good enough speed at the combine where he can get to the outside edge. We don't know how the Browns' tackles are going to be, but the Browns are quietly building a juggernaut offense here. You bring in Tyrod Taylor with a playoff quarterback last year on a Buffalo Bill team that's now without Tyrod, probably likely going to have a top 10. Wouldn't surprise me if they have a top 5 NFL draft pick this year. Jarvis Landry, David Njoku entering his second year, Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, you know, the first receiver taken off three years ago, but he might not even make it out of this training camp. But who cares about that? Let's talk about Antonio Callaway, who will be there as well, who's a great pickup in this offense as well. You've got some really good offensive weapons in there where if all that stays and comes into fruition and then Nick Chubb's behind that line, you're looking at a very solid fantasy running back here. I see him more as... I think it's going to be depend how much the Browns can get the ball downfield into that red zone and where touchdowns come into effect because mm-hmm. I, th- I think he will be the, be a, a really good fantasy running back. I think he's going to have to score a lot of touchdowns because, again, he's going to fit into that role of kind of where we have like Darius Geis, where he's going to be an in-between tackles runner, not catching a lot of footballs. And we just mentioned that a little bit ago that can hurt your fantasy production. Right. And, and without, you know, with um – if Duke Johnson does sign an extension there, I, I would see Nick Chubb's ceiling as, as more of a running back too. You know what I mean? Which high is, end running, which is, very high end, which is valuable, back. extremely valuable. Which is which is good. I mean, you, it, if you got him with the fifth or sixth pick in the four, in the first round, you would feel great. You know, hey, I got a running back too. You need running back twos on your team um, in order just to compete, basically. So it's 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 not a bad pick, but he might not be the needle mover that you're looking for. You know. Or that he could be if Duke Johnson moved on. Talented running back, it might like say he's going to get even better. I'm still confused about the ADP of him going pretty much number three overall in his rookie drafts. I don't really get that. Uh, again, to me, it's a, to me there's a tier, right? Mm-hmm. You got some Quan Barkley in his own tier. To me, the second tier for me, it's Rashad Penny and Sony Michelle. Yeah, I'm with you. I explained that already, and then you get into the. Darius Geis, Darius Geis, Nick, Nick Chubb. Chubb category, mm-hmm. and then there's those running backs, and you, that, that's when you throw in DJ Moore. Um, you like Cortland Sutton Cortland still Sutton. a lot there right. as well. And but again, when you're talking about a guy like Nick, okay, so a guy like Nick Chubb and Darius Geis, right? You get you got to start thinking. Well, what about what differentiates them? I know that when it comes to talent wise, as pure running backs, they're very very good. Absolutely. And when you're talking about a pure running back. To a guy like comparing to like a guy like Royce Freeman, right? They're a better, they're a better talented running back. But when you look at situation, 
and the pass-catching ability that Royce Freeman can give in the game, what's going to differentiate their fantasy points and the long-term value of a guy like Darius Geis and Nick Chubb over a Royce Freeman? You know what I'm saying? Like, I do. Where's I, that absolutely. long-term value? Why are you taking a guy like Nick Chubb at number three overall when you can get a guy like Royce Freeman at five, six, seven, seven eight, eight yeah. right around there? Yep. You know, Karrion Johnson. Now, this is a guy, remember, Karrion Johnson is a guy I've been kind of blowing up for the last, what, three months now? Yep. You weren't even on that bandwagon with me. And then he goes off, Karrion Johnson comes off, what, he's a third running back off the board? To, uh, to a perfect To a perfect spot, fit, yeah. To a team that traded up for him as well. Right. And I told you, I, was, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, Karrion Johnson has some good catching ability to his game as well. He's a very DeMarco Murray-esque runner. Yes. So, he to me... I'm even looking at a guy like Karrion Johnson. Like, what's going to differentiate those guys? When I know, and this this clowns people's eyes sometimes when it comes to dynasty fantasy football or fantasy football in general. You know, they look at a guy and their talent. Well, sometimes we mentioned this before the NFL draft. It's not just about talent, no, right? It's, it's about scheme fit. fit yeah. Derrick Henry won the Heisman Trophy. He's a good running back. We've said that all along. But when it comes to fantasy points, that's all I care about. When it comes to that, when it comes to this, when we get on here and we turn on this microphone, we hit record. You know, we're trying to find out the best way to score you the most fantasy points. That's how we break it down, right? So that's what I'm looking at this, like the differential. Why are you going to invest that much collateral in this high pick in a guy like Nick Chubb when you can move down and get a guy who's not a better overall running back than like a Nick Chubb, but when it comes to fantasy production, pretty much on the same level. He's basically going to get you – he's, he's going to get you – he might even get you more points with the PBR type of stuff. So Potential more right. points – and I think on the low end, if they pan out, anybody could be a bust here, right? They right. could just bust out altogether, and you'd be like, oh, look at you, dumbass. You didn't even know what you were talking about. Okay, well, sorry, but I'm not 100% right, you know? I'm not on the ESPN. Shit, Matt, Matthew Berry's not even close to 100% right. Nobody is. It's but fine. what I'm saying, like, yeah, the, the point, say the point differential, kind of when we talk about some of those tight ends, like mm-hmm. the, or like the difference between the quarterbacks, where quarterback one has 530 points and quarterback six has – 499 you're talking about a differential of two points per game you're like oh okay right you can make that up somewhere else no big deal so where do you have nick chubb right now do you have him right in that second tier like would you take nick chubb right around pick four five six like i said i would feel great if i got him at like six uh-huh. and, and i'd be fine at getting a running back too because i think that's most likely where he's gonna end up so you landing you have do you have guys at four um, let me see here. In your rankings? Actually, Chubb, I have five. Geist is four, yeah. Four, okay. Mm-hmm. And then who's behind him? Uh, Sutton. Sutton, okay. Yep. And just to let you guys know, too, we are working on a new ranking system as well, so you'll be able to see my rankings. Matt will start ranking here, too. So you will be able to see these. We're probably about five weeks away from that, yeah. approximately right around there, but it's going to be stellar, too. When we're talking about building new things, our ranking system is going to be sexy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're just going to call it the Rich Dotson Rankings. <laughs> Not because it's just me ranking, just because it looks so damn good. <laughs> so, yeah, and I, and I agree with you with that Nick Chubb. Because there is upside there, too. There is upside where there's that running back one upside. There is. It, he Absolutely. does have some catching ability here, too. I'm not going to throw that out the window on him as well. Yep. Because um, that, that Sony Michelle catching ability gets way blown out of proportion. I'm like, oh, the Alvin Kamara. Like, I think he caught like nine footballs last year or something like that, Sony Michelle. And I said that a while ago. Like, everyone's comparing to Alvin Kamara when 70% of his – production came in between like there's a tackle runner like he's a runner he is he so, is he just has a lot of burst and i think that's probably why people started comping him but i mean I, it, michelle i think regressed this year as a as a pass catcher because they kind of went away he regressed from every year yeah and they started giving to the other guy they started giving you to mentioned that, that i think yeah. a couple months ago mm-hmm. um so nick chubb great landing spot on an up-and-coming offense with some real high quality players there but some question marks we still have 
the answer about what's going to happen more around him than more than Nick Chubb himself. I agree. But if the stars align well, it could be great value there at five. Mm -hmm. Almost higher upside than a Darius Geis even because Darius Geis is a better power runner, but Nick Chubb might find himself into a little bit more of a PPR value. Uh, uh, yeah, possibly. possibly right. Unlikely, right. but possibly. And, and, and that's, I mean, that's too, a little bit too much projection for me, okay. to be honest. Okay, projector. Well, that's why I got the crystal balls. Yes, sir. Moving on Moving to the on. number uh, six pick in the second round by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ronald Jones, the guy that we've been hating on for a long time. We have been. So he comes off the board as a fourth running back taken here. It's a good landing spot. It, it The landing spot is going to make him very appealing to some people. I'm not sure if I'm – I mean, I, to, personally, for me, I, the landing spot was enough to bump him, you know, to the top Late first? Of the, no, like the top of the second round maybe. Like, <laughs> So I'm still not going to get him, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, to me, he's still not in between the tackles runner really. No, he's not. Um, he's, still, he's still, to me, they re-signed Charles Sims, uh, who I can see that I'm trying to use as their passing on. Again, I don't see him catching a lot of footballs still. I, I think that is uh, – I think that might be overblown. I think he can do it. I don't know. It's something he'll probably have to work on a little bit, but but I think that's the way that they're going to envision him, don't you? I mean, he's got to do that kind of stuff in the NFL for to have any value but for an NFL. But he can't pass protect. But, but I mentioned value, before, but you don't even need to pass protect. If you're going out to catch the ball, what do you, what do you pass protect? Right. To have value as, as a running back that's 205 pounds and to be drafted in the second round that high for a guy that – I mean, doesn't break tackles and stuff like that. He's going to have to be used somewhat in the passing game. Yeah, I just don't see the fantasy production there. That's going that warrants me a high pick in my first. I again, if he does okay, yeah. it won't blow. It won't knock me away. But there's so many red flags on this there guy are. There are. that I'm not really ready just to invest a high draft pick on. I just again, I'd rather take a guy like Karrion Johnson. You know. There's guys that I would I would prefer, and that's why he's more closely to to the top of my second round. You know what I mean? It, it's 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 a great landing spot. I just don't love the player. Fifty missed tackles in 2017. Explosive in space. But and the vision's did, not great. His vision's not great. You're right. He runs in the back of his lineman. Trips over but, grass. You know he did he did go back and and he showed his explosion at the USC Pro Day. He ran a four four eight. So I mean that's kind of where we thought he would be when we saw the number. He pulled up lame at the at the at the combine. He ran like a four six five or something like that, and he was like hobbling basically. So we you, you knew he was going to be explosive, and he and the the questions really arise about his vision and stuff like that, so, and his ability to to play through contact at all. Every time he every time he took a hit, he, he kind of fell over. So I mean every time. Yeah, it, it's like 99% of the time. Like watching a guy that has great contact balance like um Cream Hunt. Yeah, Cream Hunt. I mean, but even in even in this draft, um Geis who is very strong and has great contact balance. Michelle and, has great balance. Exactly. And then you watch a guy like Ronald Jones and he just, you know, like a, a strong gust of wind comes and he just falls over and it's just, yeah, it, never got it's it, hard never to got watch it. and it's, and it's hard to, you know, it's hard to really jump and get on board with a guy like that. And it's, not, it's one of those situations too. Like, you know, he started out the gate so hot, like the whole time I, I was just working against it the whole time. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's got me to this point. Now, the, like you said, the land spot's fantastic. It is. Yeah. So, that is a nice to give you a little bit bump to take some gambles. And like you said, top of the second. He won't be there at the top of the second. Uh, oh, no. To me, it, the landing spot is perfect because it almost bumps another guy down to me. You know what I mean? Because he's going to get now bumped up. To A lot of people are going to be. Dude, he was oh, bumped. 
in this community no matter what. They're going to overdraft him, though, in my eyes, and then somebody else is going to fall to me. So I'm happy. I'll ju- and I'll respect. just say this again, a reminder, and pat ourselves on the back all we want, but, I mean, there's always one guy that everybody is big on. Mm-hmm. You know, last year it was – was it Samaj P. Ryan last year? Uh, yeah, people love P. Ryan. Yeah, and they were taking him in the first round. People were taking Samaj P. Ryan ahead of Kareem Hunt consistently. And we're like, what the hell are you doing? Like, are you insane? Like, Kareem Hunt is like – as a chance to be a running back one. That's what quote unquote, the guy, you know, there, and there's always this one guy, whether it be receiver or running back, we say, Hey guys, kind of Derek Henry pump, was one of the guys pump the brakes. pump the brakes here. You know, the gamble, the gamble's not even worth the upside here. No, it's really not. And this year, Ronald Jones is one of those guys. I think so. Yeah. So I think our, our hit rate, I think the one guy we possibly missed on that. And it was only last year and it took three years to do it. It was Devin Funchess. Oh yeah, I was gonna say Juju. We we were down on Juju and Juju as well. Yeah. Um, after the whole resurgence of the entire USC receiver class last year, it was like it was like something happened at USC, and Jesus was like, "You're all healed." And all of a sudden, Robert <laughs> Woods, Nelson Aguilar, in your uh, face, Juju Smith are all like, oh, "Throw me the football, I will catch everything." In your face, dynasty nerds. Yes, screw you, nerds. So we'll see. But again, I am pumped. Now, Ronald Jones, we're not saying he's going to be terrible. No, I just. But we're just not interested. For me, for where he's going to get, where he's getting drafted, I'm I'm happy because I'm going to be able to get somebody else. The juice is not worth the squeeze, True baby. Statement. Next person off the board, eighth pick in the second round to the Denver, Bron- Denver Broncos, Cortland Sutton. Uh, the Broncos said they took him here because they have a first round grade on him, which has totally made sense here. I wish the you know, Browns had got him, but I'm, Brown- I'm happy with the Browns did getting Antonio Callaway, who had first round talent as well. Right. Cortland Sutton goes to a spot where, you know, Case Keenum's on a two-year contract. Both those contracts for the Broncos, Damaris Thomas and uh, Manny Sanders, are both easy to get out from next year. Yeah, I mean, there were big-time questions about this them, them getting out of them this year. So, I mean, this is perfect. This, this guy's going to come in, learn from a guy that he's very similar to, Damaris Thomas, and eventually he's just going to take over for him. I mean, this is this is like a very natural progression. I mean – I don't need a pair of crystal balls to know that they're going to get rid of Demarius Thomas next year. You know what I mean? Like this is it. Yeah. Portland Sutton's going to take over for him next year. And he'll be the wide receiver. He'll one. He'll be the wide receiver one. It's, you know, Emmanuel Sanders will most likely also be gone. And who's this? Who, it took, um, <clears throat> they took, uh, Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah. Deshaun a, Hamilton. Who's me. a good comp to, Right, Manny, Manuel Sanders. Manuel Sanders, <laughs> and and they got the guy last year, uh, Carlos Sanderson too, who is also very similar. He's a nice, yeah, nice comp there as well. Um, so with Cortland Sutton coming there, you know he's one of the bigger receivers here. These guys we talked about to be a true number one receiver. I like him a lot long term as well. He, I think he's better than most people think he is. I think he has really good hands. I think his speed's good enough. Uh, I think his route runs good enough, yeah. and I really like his. Actually, I rec- I like his hands a lot. I love some of the big time catches he made there as well. I like Cortland Sutton as a nice buy where he's going to come in this year. He's going to he's not going to really do anything, right? He's pretty much going to do nothing. I agree. It he's, is going to be a down year for him for sure. I'm interested. I'm interested to see where he goes in your rookie draft. I know you have him as your number one receiver in this draft. I know I bumped him down just a little bit because of just availability. I probably would take him ahead of um, Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. Right there. I would take him ahead of Calvin Ridley. I think I would take DJ Moore first just because of where he was drafted and, and the, his game. I think the way he'll be used in Carolina, where I think he's going to be a really good PPR at worst receiver. So I, I see that as like a more like guaranteed point getter there. 
and more of like it's kind of a safe pick with a high upside, low floor pick. Well, I mean, I feel like he, I feel like D, uh, yeah, DJ Moore like um, he profiles almost the same as like Steve Smith, right? Who was there? But, yeah, but like a, a slightly bigger Steve Smith. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I could see him being very productive there. Very, very, yeah. I mean, Steve Smith was a wide receiver one for yeah, eighteen absolutely. years. Yep. Um, so I'm interested to see because DJ Moore is going to go first in every dynasty rookie draft, pretty mm-hmm. much. I'm interested to see interested to see where Cortland Sutton does go because I see him going like high second round and a lot of drafts. He's, I, yeah, he's all over the place, man. So the point to that is, I want to see in in your draft. I want you to pay attention to where he gets drafted in your draft. Maybe he goes late first. Maybe he goes high second. And maybe it fell to a guy that felt like he needed to take him. Yeah, and didn't necessarily want to want take him. him. And what I want you to do is, as soon as the year is over, or maybe even towards the end of the year, but mostly early offseason there, I want you to take your first-round pick next year and I want you to go get Cortland Sutton. Uh, it'll be a year in, so you get a year ahead there. And I think he's going to be a really good buy after the season because I do see him being as a really quality receiver. Again, this was a guy who we were talking, when he went back to school at SMU, we were like, oh, that's kind of shocking. He'd have been a good high draft pick last year. Right. I think he's a great value. I think I'm even undervaluing him by saying I'll take a guy like DJ Moore ahead of him, but it, I'm thinking, look at a safety net. Because not just that, I think the Broncos are in a weird situation. You know, Case Keenum's only on a two-year contract, so we don't even know what the quarterback situation is going to be. We don't know if that all falls apart. Vance Joseph, you know, what's going to get blown up there? There's a lot of question marks there. We know Cam's locked in. We know Christian McCaffrey's locked in. We know mm-hmm. what's going on in Carolina, right? I understand, yeah. Um, You're making a lot of good points. So that that's kind of like my question there with Cortland. So that's the only like a little dip there. Mm-hmm. But overall, talent-wise, I like him where he is. And I think he's going to be a really good buy. Either one this year, if he's there for you in the rookie draft, depends where he falls out. I like him anywhere from pick. I'm okay with him going anywhere from pick six to pick twelve. Like honestly, there's no way this guy should fall in the first eyes. There's just no way. He should be he should be snatched up in the first round. And um, I mean, obviously, I have him. You know where he would be getting picked closer to the six than the 12 but me too i wouldn't be surprised at all if if i had the 12th pick that he landed in my lap you and know then, what i mean and then you're extremely happy yeah there. exactly and but you have to be a little bit patient with him mm-hmm. but he's a player i always there's always some guys that say hey try and buy after this year whether it be you give your first maybe you can give a first and a third for him and i don't care how i i mean granted we have to see how this rookie class pans out next year uh, maybe here sometime in the summer we'll do a way too early 2019 rookie mock as well on the table. One of our uh, well, definitely that'll be one of our special pods most likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll do one of those. And I think I think giving up any high pick next year, as of right now, next year's class to me, it doesn't look overly fantastic right now. It's it's super early. Yeah. It's way too early. It's way way too um, early. But uh, I think Cortland's a nice buy at the end of the season. Okay. Is what I th- is. So that's why I'm paying attention. Like if he goes like very late to mm-hmm. high second, that just increases your odds of giving up that first next year for him. Because now people are like, oh, I took him in second. This guy's going to be sure, in first for sure. him. Fuck yeah. Yep. So Corlin's son, we both like him. We both like him. We both are okay with the landing spot. Yep. Enjoy that thing. It's going to be more It's going to be more of a next year type of thing, though. Next pick off the board to the Dolphins, tight end Mike Gesicki. Gesicki. Love it. Do that. Yeah, it's great spot, great, uh, great offense. Obviously, the Adam Gase offense has in the past featured the tight ends quite a bit, and they've kind of just been searching for guys down there in Miami ever since he got there. So they lose Jarvis. There's right. a lot of targets to go around. Absolutely. Now, listen, tight ends are you know they take time to get in there, but you're talking about a guy that destroyed the combine. He did awesome. Um, 
uh, Tannehill is not known for his downfield attacking, so he's going to need a little safety blanket and and just Gasecki is is just what he's looking for. A big wide receiver. A big wide receiver that can get up and get the ball, um, can can get down and 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 hit the seams and, and you know all the close intermediate stuff is going to be Gasecki, I think. Yeah, and it, it's, I mean, maybe not this year, but you know, in the next year. It's take a couple of years, yeah. but look for that early. Just so we get how much we got excited about Evan Ingram this year. Right. Um, how we got excited about George Kittle going into this year. Look for him to be in that kind of mold of a tight end, and look for him to contribute next year. Right. Uh, remember, I mean, he was at Penn State for you know he, he's got a lot of snaps under his belt. He's not coming in raw. He's not a Hayden Hurst, right? Uh, he's not a David Njoku. So he's going to come in with a lot of rep, reps under his belt. He's, he's going to come in and play that wide receiver role. And they need somebody to come in here and catch footballs. I like Mike Kosicki a lot. So do I. Um, I'm okay with taking him at the back end of your first if you need. That's where, uh, I, that's where I have him. I have him ranked number 12. Number 12 overall. Yep. That's a really good spot for him if you need tight end help. Anyway, if you come away with a Saquon Barkley or a Sony Michelle or a Shad Penny and a Mike Kosicki, those are two nice holes to plug right there as well. Yep. Now you're I building think, it. I think he's a future tight end one yeah. locked in. So do I. So he's got he definitely has the athleticism and the skills. Obviously, you know, um the production wasn't what you're looking for out of uh, or doesn't compare to a guy like last year like Evan Ingram. But I mean that's just not the offense that they run there at Penn State. No. They're not going to they're not going to feature the tight end in the passing game and and get him 1000 yards. So uh, that that's not the type of of college system they run there. Yeah, so. he had 129 catches for 1,481 yards and 15 touchdowns. Doesn't blow you away, but you look at the overall talent is right. what you're looking at here. Right. And Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram yeah. had like 900 something yards in a season. You know. Yeah. In his final year, uh, uh, going uh, going into the draft. So. So again, he's not going to struggle with blocking. Um, he's not a big physical guy. I know he's six foot four, five, two forty seven, but he's not a physical guy. No, he's not. They used he's, him in like the running game, which was weird as a blocker. They, they motioned him. They motioned him like through the backfield a lot. And, and almost and like a halfback fullback. Almost like there. a, yeah. Almost like an H back type of guy. Yeah. Cause you know, at 247 pounds, he's, he's not like, he's not a, he's not a huge tight end. Like 247 pounds is, you know, probably about 10 pounds lighter than a lot of the tight ends running throughout the NFL. So, yep. um, He's going to need to add some pounds if they're going to use him at all in that kind of capacity. But they, they don't really need to. I mean, Miami, and especially even nowadays in the NFL, these guys, they're splitting them out. They're making them mismatch guys. They're not putting them on the line, making them block. You want to see them versus linebackers. Exactly. To, you want to get matchups. It. Exactly. Slot corners, yep. you know, things along those lines. Look for Gasicki to come in. I mean, again, he has a talent. He can come away with catching. You know, we mentioned his catches earlier. This guy, he could be a 65 catch tight end for about, you know, a thousand yards. And with a forty one and a half inch vertical, you know the guy can go up and get it. Jackpot. Yeah. Yeah, I like him a lot. I agree with you. Right to the back end of the first part. Jumps Dallas Goddard for me as tight end one. Me too. Strictly because of where he landed. We yep. mentioned draft spots change a lot. When Dallas Goddard ends up behind Zach Ertz for the next two years, three years, it's a nice long term play. Maybe they run two tight two tight end sets. We'll talk about Dallas Goddard when we get to him. But to me, Gasicki, tight end one, locked in. End of the first, I'm happy with it. Most likely, you're going to get him high in the second round in your rookie draft because other guys like Ronald Jones are going to get it picked ahead of him. Exactly. Um, so he's most likely going to fall to the high second round of yours. Mm-hmm. I can see him getting you getting him anywhere from two six, two five, two four. I can see him being there. Uh, some people don't value the tight end like I do, but to me, that's straight stealing. You are a thief. Yeah. Well, you're, you'll be very happy if you come on this draft with Saquon Barkley at one one. Mike Kosicki at 2-1, and Antonio Callaway at 
to me, that's a home run draft. Yep. That's where you awesome. go from being 1-1 one, one to three years from now being 1-12. Yep. That's the starting point right there. Those are good drafts. Very next draft pick, uh, the Detroit Lions traded up into the set back up in the second round here. They moved up some to take Karrion Johnson Ooh. out of Auburn. Now, this is a guy, Matt, I've been talking about for Ooh. months oh, that yeah. I liked. When I first watched this tape, I was like, ooh, I really like this guy. I could see him jumping some guys on this I, board. I, 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 we also we sat there together and said that, and then I kind of shied away from him the more I watched of him. And just like I love Sony Michelle, right. and just like I said, I, I like Rashad Penny a little bit more as it came along. You know, the NFL draft, the NFL GMs that make millions of dollars, they all slowly start to agree with me. <laughs> um, and Karen Johnson goes ahead of Darius Geis, and he gets drafted. And like we, we mentioned earlier, we talked about him already, you know, into a great situation. You mentioned a DeMarco Murray. I think it's a fantastic comp, comp the way he runs upright. He runs upright like a, you know, like a Jordan Howard right. a little bit too. I mean, if you love Jordan Howard in Chicago – What's not to like about Karrion Johnson in Detroit in, would, would you argue, a much better situation? A better situation. And the, the reason I comped him more to DeMarco Murray is because I think he catches the ball a, bit, a lot more naturally than Jordan Howard. Uh, so, I it, love – I mentioned before, like, his patience is kind of like a, like a Le'Veon Bell-esque behind that line, the way, he, the way he can stand behind that line and let things develop for him and allow his blocks to develop very nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do you see – carry on johnson landing in rookie drafts i see him i mean obviously you know being you know into the community here and seeing a lot of this stuff and looking at a lot of this stuff he's going right around pick eight mm. right around there is where i'm seeing him go uh which seems fair and i just look at it and i'm like wow man you're pick eight you're talking about these playoff teams where they're gonna get these like pick eight that's a good pick up like you're coming away. that's a great pickup man remember that's where right. that's where alvin kamara was going last yep. year right around pick eight yep. same spot Pretty much, and now Karen Johnson is slipping there, and he could be one of those guys because, like, remember when Le'Veon did come out, he was behind. Le'Veon was the third. You know, he was going behind Monty Ball. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Gio Bernard. He was going, like, there's guys he was going behind. Uh, Eddie Lacy mm-hmm. potentially right there as well. So, Karen Johnson lands in a similar situation again. His, his pass catching back is Theo Riddick, potentially Amir Abdullah. Two guys ahead of him. Uh, so there is worry there. But long term, I honestly don't think Amir Abdullah is much of a threat, to be honest. And 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 you know, Theo Riddick is what he is. I think he's a, a much better. I just think he's a better running back than Amir Abdullah. He's just somebody I thought. I mentioned this when we did our rookie breakdown of him. I saw him as he could be a three down back. Yeah, I and think that's so. where the big thing. Because I saw him pass protect really well, and I saw him catch the football exactly. So I think Karrion Johnson is going to be one of those guys. Where we look back here four years from now, I'm like, oh, where'd Carrion go? Oh, we got him at the eighth pick, ninth pick? Ooh, that's great value. I would I would try hard if I had a high second round. Say, I, say I, you know, we were talking about you come away with, like, Mike Kosicki at 2-1. If I was at 2-1 and I had a 1-1, and mostly I was at the 1-1 because my running backs were abysmal, and I had got Saquon Barkley, I am doing what I can to move up and get a like, – Eight and get Karen Johnson. I'm offering two one in my first next year, if I have to, to get that elite running back. Oh, that might be an overpay. It might be. It it might be. But um, because you mean, get that elite, you, then you get Mike Sticky that running back next year. Right. You're, not, you're not changing around anywhere. I, I retract that statement. <laughs> Pretend that never happened. But I'm gonna see what I can do. At least I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see what value. You know, hey, can I give you two one, three one, and my second next year? Maybe Who knows? they get a good running back right. here. Uh, who's going to slip here to me? 
You know, does Ronald Jones, except Ronald Jones, didn't go ahead of him, so he's going to get. A I bump. wouldn't be surprised at all if Ronald Jones went ahead. I think right after my eyes crazy. I think right after Carrion's probably most likely going to be the last running back taken out. Of these these guys were mentioning, right? You know, most likely. Yeah, there, I would take yeah. him. I would, I would take him. There might be one guy that 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 sneaks ahead of him um, that, that were taken later. There's the one guy. I mean, I'd take him over Ronald Jones. Clearly. No, but what about like Royce Freeman who who went in the third round? I think Royce Freeman's going to go ahead of him. That's what I mean. Most rookie drafts. Okay. I think he is. Oh, gonna you're saying Carrion's going to be the last one? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mis- misinterpreted what you're saying. So yeah. you know, you have yeah, you have Royce Freeman go. You have um, you have Ronald Jones go. Then you have T.J. Moore go. Then you have then then you're talking about the the Carrion Johnson. So we're already and, and at that, like what pick eight right there. That's where he is. That's where I. That's why I asked. I mean, because I have him. I mean, I have him tenth right now in my rankings. Uh, so, so I mean, I think that that eight to ten is is where he's going to end up end up going for sure. Is where I see it, and that's tremendous value. Yep. If you have that pick, you're get, and you come away with Karrion Johnson, I'm taking him over those those receivers. Yeah, for right. sure. Right. You know, it's like I'm getting immediate production. This guy has such a high the the, the ceiling there is tremendous. Right. I mean, you're talking about a running back one potential ceiling here. i mean the first thing you know you met matt patricia is obviously like a, a defensive minded guy and they haven't had a hundred yard rusher in like a million years so what i mean and their defense isn't all that stellar and, and a great way to protect your defense is to run the ball and not have you know your defense out there all that much so immediately they address a need early in the second round by moving up to get a guy i, I think it's a guy that they think they can have as a foundation back. That's that's how I read the whole situation as as you know in its entirety. So I I could totally see Karrion Johnson being a three down guy that they really lean on. They even use him in in some passing t- situations as well and kind of minimize those other two guys that I mean quite frankly just haven't gotten it done in the past Correct. few years. Mm-hmm. I so. agree with you wholeheartedly, and I think he's. I don't think if he became if he got better in the NFL like you know like Le'Veon did. Got well, Levy got tremendously better in the NFL. But I'm not, I'm not trying to make that comp or like. But I'm talking about if he got better in the NFL, wouldn't surprise me. No, I think. But if he stays what he is, he'd be a slightly above average running back, which the right amount of carries would be a fantastic fantasy asset. Right, exactly. That's as I say, a slightly above average guy with a great opportunity. Which is which is. Equals fantasy gold at the running back position Jordan all, Howard, all the time. Who has the worst hands exactly. in the NFL. Exactly. And he's a running back one. Exactly. So I love – I obviously, I've been talking about him for months. I like him even more now. I think it's a fantastic landing spot. I think it's a fantastic opportunity. And remember, when teams trade up for running backs, when they do that, they're always given an excellent chance for success. You should get Karrion Johnson on your roster. That's what I could recommend. Right on. So after somebody trade up for Karrion Johnson, another team makes a move up huh. right for the next pick. Weird. It's the San Francisco 49ers. And, and who do they take? Dante Pettis. <laughs> so that was one of the shocking mind blowers of the early second round for me. How now, about you? I know you hate him. I don't hate him. Yeah. I think it's a guy that should have gone like probably two rounds later. Yeah, he's it's it's interesting that they had to trade up for Dante Pettis. I mean, you know, he ran a four four seven in his pro day because he couldn't run at the combine because uh, of the ankle injury. He's six foot one eighty six. You know, so he to me he doesn't profile as a number one wide receiver. He's like a punt returner type of guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Do they do, do they get him more because he's like does he fall in that kind of realm of where we mentioned guys like 
okay, he's really going to help our NFL team? I think so. I think he's going to be a lid lifter, and he's going to help the running game by by dragging a safety down the field a lot because he is. He's, he gets up to speed quickly. He can take the top off of defense. Runs a lot of routes. He he does run a lot of routes. So, I mean, but at that size, though, I mean, I don't I don't know, man. It's, he he doesn't – to me, he doesn't seem like a wide receiver you – trade up for in this in the early part of no. the second round because he's not physical man he's like i said he's only 186 pounds he got pushed around a lot on film you saw that yeah. like you worry about him being like with those physical wide receivers i in my notes i wrote down like is he a wide receiver three nfl yeah like wide receiver number two number three kind of guy like how does that work out to my fantasy roster but he's got like a great quarterback right i mean true that's guy, a big difference maker it I is mean, a big difference maker so to me i'm i'm struggling with where to put Dante Pettis, Kyle Shanahan offense, Kyle Shanahan offense, but he he doesn't profile as a number one to me at all. It's not, and it's not like this isn't like a a Will Fuller type of thing where I where he just can't catch either. No, so so to me, we have to get down to the to the does this guy what what kind of role is he going to play? Because if it's the go long role, he's just going to be too up and down for my likes, and 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 if it's not. Is he, is he I don't a slot see, guy? I don't see I don't, that. I don't, see, I don't see the up and down roads because I, I, I saw enough route running. But, I mean, again, is he physical enough to even do something? I mean, I can't picture Dante Pettis running over the middle. He'll get killed. He'll die. Right. But, a I mean, cold, I, hard death. I guess, you know, maybe that's, you know, the NFL is getting away from that kind of stuff. Yeah, as we'll far see. As, as killing guys going over the middle and I mean, stuff like that. P- so, so you can get away with being 186 pounds a little bit more, more so in today's NFL than you could. 10 years ago. So and Shanahan, we still know what he's gonna do, how he's going to build the offense. We know we re, they re-signed Marquise Goodwin this year. Uh, Pierre Garçon is going to come back this year healthy, and we'll see how he plays. It's probably going to be his last year in the team roster anyways. I would imagine, yeah. So then do they go out and sign a big receiver? Do they sign Demarius Thomas after the Broncos cut him? Do 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 they make a big contract offer You know, as Josh Gordon becomes a restricted free agent? Do they make a big contract offer for Josh Gordon? Do they offer the first-round pick to the Browns? You know, on that restriction for Josh Gordon, do they go that route? And then, then is Pettis the number? Then is Pettis the number three in that roster, no matter what? And then you got George Kittle there. You got a guy like Jerry McKinnon catching footballs. Like, where does he fit from a fantasy production? Again, because that's all I, that's all I care about. That's fantasy all I points. care about too. I'm just trying and to figure it out. I don't I don't fall in love with him. Where do you see him in your is in a rookie draft? Ah, uh, this is a tough one. Like end of the second round. That's where I see him too, man. End of the second round. Any the only thing I and, and to me, I'm just gambling like. You know, shit, man. The 49ers straight up for him right. in the second round. They got, the a, they got a good quarterback. He's a, like the things, the good things that I yeah. said. Like that's why I would take him at the end of the second round. He's a but. top five receiver selected. Yeah, you know, like what? What's? I mean, he went ahead of, he went ahead of Christian Kirk. Right. Who I didn't overly love, anyways. Uh, he went ahead of Anthony Miller. You know, like where's? I guess I'll take him here at the end of the second, just because of upside. I mean, he's not going to be there because somebody's going to take him earlier. Good. Yeah. Good guys to me. Exactly. This is another situation where I'm not gonna I'm not gonna end up having any Dante Pettis shares. I know it already. It's just one of those guys that he went too early in the NFL draft for my likings. I like where he landed, but I don't like the player enough to take him where he's gonna end up going. Concur. I'm with you on that one. I'm signed I'm signed, sealed, delivered. Moving on. Uh the fifteenth pick in the second round, a couple picks later, the Arizona Cardinals select Christian Kirk, wide receiver, Texas A and M. Uh again, five foot ten. Remember before we were kind of confident, like uh like they like him and DJ Moore and James Washington weren't really too crazy right. apart, but you know, James Washington had a little bit more different to the game where he goes deep. 
I wasn't overly in love with Christian Kirk watching his tape. I mean, to me, he runs good routes, has good hands. Didn't do it, you know, tough physical receiver, but he like he didn't blow me away, you know. But that being said, I love the landing spot. This is a good spot, yeah. And this is a player. I mean, I like Christian McCaffrey, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Christian Kirk, um, significantly more than I like Dante Pettis. And then to me, he also landed in a really good spot. So that's where I get Christian Kirk in my number 15 slot compared to Dante Pettis in like my 24, 25 area. You get Josh Rosen there as a future QB one. Right. Uh, he's going to be starting midseason lately at the latest, most likely fourth quarter of week one. Uh, you got a great, great receiver with Larry Fitz to kind of learn from. Yep. Remember, Larry Fitz lately has been kind of playing the slot role anyways. Yep. So he's a really good mentor there and a guy like Larry Fitzgerald. You got an up-and-coming guy in Ricky Seals-Jones, who I just I had to have in my startup that I, I took, and he's my, one of my top targets at tight end who's 23. Um, and most likely they'll you know, add something else there, and they're going to build – you know they're in a little rebuild area. But young quarterback, good mentor at receiver, high second-round pick here right in the middle of the second round, oh, yeah. almost smack dab middle of the second round good spot i like the spot i like his opportunity i'm not in love with the player but if he could become a favorite of josh rosen and catch 75 to 80 footballs a year he could easily be a high-end wide receiver two mid mid wide receiver two kind of guy and that and that's what i kind of that's kind of what i see him as just as a, from a talent standpoint that's anyway. peak for me though that's like peak yeah like i don't see him i don't know just from watching tape it, it wasn't enough for me to go Oh yeah, this guy like with DJ Moore, like I can vision him being a wide receiver one. DJ in the Moore, NFL. yeah, DJ Moore's more explosive. It's sure. his upside. With yep. Christian Kirk, I don't, I don't see that upside. I see from a fantasy production, I see good production, but does not like. Could you see like you know, a Golden yeah. Tate esque um, career for him? That's borderline wide receiver one. Yeah, I guess that's a, that's not a bad like upside. You know, if I'm going to kind of stretch it a little bit thinner out that way. I, the only reason, because you know, I, I look back on my notes and and kind of think back on, on how he plays. And it's he turns into a running back, you know. He almost turns into a running back when he catches yeah. the ball, and and that's something very similar to what what Golden Tate does. You said that Golden Tate wasn't overly fast, wasn't overly big, right? I mean, that's 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 the ceiling. That, yeah, that's where in my head, like the best case scenario, Christian Kirk could but turn then, out to be a guy. Like and Golden Tate is one of the only like top ten players in NFL history that's caught ninety footballs for the last four years. Right. I mean, speaking of startup, I I stole. Golden Tate, like the 10th round, I think I got him in. Yeah. Like he was on the board. I couldn't believe him. I'm like, I'm fucking in Golden Tate. Yeah. This is crazy. Might as well. Yeah, and he's starting year one for me. He's only 28 years old. Yep. The, thanks for the thanks for the steal, fellas. <laughs> so that, to me, if you're going to go that route, that's ceiling route yeah, right there. that's absolutely and that's right. a That's a great, like, if I'm going to go into it optimistically, that's a good way to go into it. All right. I like that. So where do you see him go? I can see him sneaking into the first round for somebody who's desperate for a receiver that if there was a run there. Um, if somebody just li- they liked him. If you like Christian Kirk a lot pre-draft, nothing should have happened here to change your mind. He went mid-second round, mm-hmm. goes to a wide receiver needy team. You know, John Brown, somebody we liked for a long time. This guy coming in, stepping those kind of roles if he needs to be. So I don't think – if you liked him a lot in your mocks in the first round before, I don't know why he would knock out now. Well, I mean, I think I, – I, I honestly think he's going to be more top of the second round type of guy. That's in, where I had him all the time, though. In, yeah, so did I in, in most people's drafts. Um, just because I think the running backs, a lot of them landed in good spots. It's They're going to get a natural bump. Yeah. And I think some of the other wide receivers, they just – they either went earlier or they've got better landing spot 
potential. So I, I think I think he's going to end up right around where I have him, right around 13, 14, 15, and, and that's where he's going to be going in a lot of these drafts. There's actually a guy we're going to be talking about here uh, next, not next, but in two more picks that I actually kind of like slightly more than Christian Kirk a little bit mm-hmm. with the upside there. But let's move on. Right. Um, two picks later, Philadelphia Eagles take Dallas Goddard. Now, this guy was my tight end one coming into it. Goes to a situation now. He's going to get a drop down. I like Dallas Goddard now probably, honestly, because there anything else just available in maybe mid to late second. So I, I, I am at 18, so I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah, for, who who I had locked in oh, yeah. in the first round pick. I had, him at tw- I had him at 11 or 12 before the draft. And it's not even – it's not – Again, I love the talent, and I think he's going to be good, but I think you're going to have to wait like a legit three years to really get play him. Um, maybe, maybe barring some sort of freak injury, yes, he's not going to see the field. He's going to he's going to be in two tight end sets, which they want to run, but that's not helping my fantasy team because I won't be able to play him ever. You no, know what I mean? No, never. Not I at mean, all. like a shot at the dark on a bye week. Sure, you might be able to get him, and maybe that'll be the week that he he catches three passes. And then what if they, and what if I mean what if Zach Ertz goes hard still right and they resign if they resign Zach Ertz to another contract your Dallas Goddard share is pretty much dead in the water. Yeah, you're just waiting for him to go somewhere else. You're literally yeah you're literally it's dead in the water here. So there's a lot of risk because God I mean Ertz is only what 28. Well the good news is yeah he's young. The good news is it's a, he was a second round pick so he's only on a four year deal. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, there's no fifth year option or anything like that. So. If they do sign Ertz to another contract, he'll be gone. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, people nowadays in the NFL, even if they are a first-round draft pick, half the time don't even get their fifth-year option. Fifty percent, yeah, they don't even get their fifth-year picked up. So people are the NFL nowadays. They're churning these guys out. They're moving on from guys pretty quickly. And if Dallas Goddard isn't getting the opportunity, he himself yeah, but dude, will have the opportunity. You're talking leave. year five after drafting him that you'd even have the opportunity, and that's. Dude, that's a lifetime. That's a long time in Dynasty, but that's a kid. That's that's a kid being born out of your wife <laughs> to walking, talking, coming home saying, "I can count, Dad." It's a long time. I understand that, but in the life of a tight end, it's only like a, it's, it's a. I know it's an extra couple of years, but you know, a lot of times you're waiting three years for these guys. Anyway. Oh, I get that part. Yeah, I get that part. But in, so that's why he didn't. He'll like, be he'll be forgotten. No, I, I understand. I understand. I mean, he'll literally be when you're doing startup drafts. He's going round nineteen, twenty. You right. know, and you're thinking back. Oh, I liked him back then. But I said they just resigned Alshon Jeffrey to a long-term contract. They just picked up the fifth-year option on Nelson Algalor, so he might be in line for an extension. Mm-hmm. You got Zach Ertz there. You know, so you're talking the fourth guy just out of receiving standpoint at best. Right. You know, off the gate. You know, you got Carson Wentz. A lot of players there, but we have to see if Ertz goes. There's the upsides there on talent, but opportunity is a huge risk. And that's why he's, he's that's why I bumped him down to 18, man. And even taking him at 18, you're like taking him with your fingers crossed. So we get, you know, what I mean, it's kind of like God, oh, I you're, hope this. You're almost hoping for an injury, which sucks. Yeah, um, it's if you have Zach Ertz, even but even then you're like, why am I? Why would I take right. Dallas Goddard then? Like, what? A, you're not handcuffing your tight end. That's no, a, that's a silly strategy. Yeah, that you're. <laughs> You might as well attempt to try out for the Special Olympics if you're making out for a move like that. I mean, unless you're like a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan or something like that. I mean, yeah. Fly, Eagles, fly. Right. Moving not, on, you're not shall gonna be, we? You're not going to be handcuffing tight ends. Yeah, so it, it's the risk of your warrant. Talent is tremendous. Yeah. Opportunity, horrendous. Yes, sir. 
I'm going to move way, on. Good way to describe it. What, like Dr. Seuss? Yep. Moving on, Mr. Seuss. Next guy on the, bill, the board, the Bears make a move. They move up a little bit here. Uh, they get Anthony Miller, wide receiver, out of Memphis, the Chicago Bears. Matt, love it. I love, I love Anthony Miller. Yeah, he's one of my favorite guys. Not only do I love the landing spot, but this is a guy that we had moving up our boards a lot at the end of the – when we were doing our rookie breakdowns. This was a guy both of you and I agreed that he can go higher than we thought he could. Absolutely. This is a guy in three years at Memphis caught th- 238 footballs for 3,590 yards and 37 touchdowns. That was back-to-back 95-plus catch seasons with 1,400-plus yards. He's got 10-inch hands. 10-inch hands. Whoa. He might as well be a Sasquatch. <laughs> True story, his vision's fantastic. Consistently got open, tracked the ball well. Great spot with uh, Allen Robinson on the opposite side of him. This is a guy, Matt, that I see coming in and becomes a dynasty darling. One of those guys that comes in like year one, like Sterling Shepard comes in year one, right? Offset of over there, Odell Beckham comes in, catches almost 1,000 yards Mm -hmm. his rookie season, scores a decent amount of touchdowns. I think Anthony Miller... For whoever's getting this guy in the second round is going to be extremely happy. I think the upside there is tremendous. Tremendous to the point where I have him ahead of Christian Kirk. I mean, I, I couldn't I, I could not blame you for that. We'll put it that way. Right now, I don't have him ranked that way for uh-huh. some odd reason. I have him ranked 17th. But um, I think that might have been an oversight on my, on my part. I think he will end up being uh, definitely a, ahead of Ronald Jones. I'm not – I've got some tweaking I've got to do here to these rankings. and Always I, do. Yeah, I, I, so I do my rankings and literally come three days later. I'm like, oh, dude, those are way off. Exactly. And I did these like about a week ago. So I'm like. I don't think people understand how hard it is to do dynasty rankings. It is very difficult. Um, but I, I digress. Um, Anthony Miller, love the player. The landing spot's great. I almost see him fitting into like a Tyreek Hill type of of mold here. Maybe with less of less carries. Under Nagy. But um, yeah, under Nagy. So just a quick twitch, explosive type of athlete that can get downfield. He can do mm-hmm. underneath stuff. I, I, I really like him. He lined up in the slot mostly. Tracked the but ball he, really well. He tracked the ball really well. He could he could he could line up outside. I think he's he's got very very strong hands. Yeah. And um, fumbles were. I mean, he had five career fumbles, so that's somewhat of concern. But but. but one-handed catches and stuff like that. Oh, he he's got he's it. got good grip in good my sideline eyes. catches yeah, he made absolutely. too. Body control was was not a, an issue there either. If if Chicago's gonna make this turnaround under Mitch Trubisky right. and Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller's gonna have a big part of doing it. I look for him to. St- I mean, you got Taylor Gabriel there too, so that's his competition, which isn't you know Taylor Gabriel's a seasoned vet. He does some good things. I for three wide receiver sets, I think Anthony Miller's locked in. So um, I like yeah. the upside there. Could finish what if he finished the year as a low end wide receiver three, his rookie year, that would make him that would put him in the dynasty darling category. Yeah. Give him a huge bump. I like him. I like him at the high end of your second round, right around there. So do I. I, I mean I have him at seventeen now. I, I have a feeling that's just gonna he's gonna creep up. I already see people that he can jump up, so um he'll he'll end up creeping up for me in my rankings. All right, nice. Uh moving down here then. Going down to the 27th pick in the second round, Darius Geis goes to the Washington Redskins. Again, this was a guy who just everybody the whole time, like, what's wrong with Geis? Reports coming out, he blew up in some meetings. He comes out and says that never happened. Uh, again, we talked about this at last episode, so I'm going to get 
overly into it because we talked about Darius Geis a while last yep. episode too. Head coach um, Jay Gruden came out and said, you know, somebody came out and said, hey, what about Darius Geis, his pass catching ability, his run block, you know, his blocking ability, his third down ability. And Gruden flat out said, well, what, do you, what does that even matter? He's a first and second down back. We have Chris Thompson. Right. Chris Thompson's locked in as our third down running back anyways. We're not going to ask him to do any of that. So why does, and that's, that was Jay Gruden, the head coach, talking right after they drafted him. I am down on Darius Geis when it comes to a fantasy prospect. People still taking him at one, two blows my mind, blows my mind, man. You're making I mean, it. I had him at, I had him at my second pick all along. And then, you know, the landing spot and everything. I bumped him down two spots. I mean, he's, he's at number four for me right now. You have to adjust, man. You have to adjust for the, for the usage and the landing spot. And, and he's just not going to get, he's not going to get balls thrown his way. And people are just going to bump him and Sony Michelle down. Cause he went to the new England Patriots. It's like, dude, what the fuck? What? But you're gonna but you're gonna keep Darius Geis. I would take Rashad Penny over Darius Geis one million out of one million times. One million times, man. You wouldn't, you wouldn't just for once one. Never. <laughs> like I like I'm in a situation right. I have I, I had one two. I made some trades. Blah 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 for a couple. I, I've taken Sony Michelle at like four. I've taken Sony Michelle even in a super flex. I took Sony Michelle at four. The as the second running back off the board already in three rookie drafts. I have one coming up where I trade out of one one I mentioned for the Christian McCaffrey trade, right? Uh, and I have one two there. And I, I've been I've been I've been talking to myself like, should I just take Rashad Penny there in that draft, just just to switch it up? You know, I took Rashad Penny in my new startup draft. Uh, yeah, I remember that. But I'm like, do I switch it up there? But even then, I'm like, now nah, I'm still taking nah, Michelle. Take Michelle, but just don't um, think twice. But to me, like I said, we already mentioned the tier; it's locked in. So for Darius Geis, you're looking at a guy like Derek Henry. A guy who could run tough, maybe a little bit better than like. I think he has more potential as a pass catcher than Henry does. Oh uh, well, everybody does. So I mean, I, I don't want to lump them together. Remember that guy that got his uh, in Predator that got his arms blown off? <laughs> he was standing there with like no arms. He's got more catch. He's got more potential, right? So I, but the problem is, even though he has a potential, he's not even going to be. It's opportun- the opportunity's not going to be there. Right. That's a big problem. Again, a lot of this stuff just comes in. We've mentioned before scheme, potential, opportunity. All this stuff has to come together for you to have a successful fantasy player. Darius Geis is looking to be. You're hoping that he turns into Jordan Howard, where all his, you know he rushes right. for. Oh yeah, he can rush for 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns and as four catches on a year for. 60 yards, yeah, you know, or something, whatever. Yeah, 16, ca- you know, one catch, you know, nothing big, nothing, yeah. So literally all his production is going to come from rushing mm-hmm. and carrying a football. And to me, the guy's a really good runner. Love his tape. My whole concern the whole time was just like, where does he come for fantasy production-wise? Um, I like his running style. He's going to go to a team with Alex Smith there. The, the receiving core is a big question mark. So I know he faced a lot of stack boxes the most in college football. Could face that again here in Washington. Definitely if Jordan Reed goes down again and, you know, Josh Dotson can't put together, he gets hurt again too. Easy to stack the box against a guy like Darius Geis. A lot of third down possible situations. Can bring in Chris Thompson for that role. Again, very talented player. Somewhat concerned about the situation. Somewhat concerned about the overall fantasy production. If I'm there, if I'm sitting there at four, five, I would love to trade back to like eight and maybe pick up a second round pick if I can and get a guy like Karrion Johnson mm-hmm. and then get an extra second round pick where I can get a guy like Anthony Miller. 
and the other guy of a second round pick. No, I, me, I agree. If if you can pick up a, a you know move back a little bit and pick up a a, a decent second round pick, because I I think that's where the value is here, between you know the end of you know eighth ninth pick in the first round all the way down to eighth ninth eighth eighth ninth pick in the second round. I think there's a ton of value there. Yeah. So again, I I think Darius Guys is a good player. I'm just somewhat concerned about his fantasy production. I think a lot of people. You know, that were taken now, not even close to Samaj P. Ryan, but the Derrick Henrys and the P. Ryans and guys like that, that we consistently tell you not to take very high. That's where Geist has somewhat fallen in for me. I think I think you're better off with a DJ Moore than a guy like a Darius Geist, personally. I still have Geist appropriately. There's a lot of peers that I have that I respect to have him at number two. So right. when I move him down to number five for me, number four for me, that's me kind of going, okay, the upside's there because he could be like that power runner, you know, uh, Jerome Bettis, Jordan Howard, uh, guy like that, you know, Marshawn Lynch kind of running right. back. That's, you know, how, that's who I mode. see when I when I watch him run. I mean, that, uh, glimpses of Marshawn Lynch is what I think of. Which is fantastic. Yep. And that's and that's what you're hoping for right there. That's, that's the upside you're shooting for, but still a limited upside. You're not looking at a guy that's ever going to be – we mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, right? The guys who, who – who's going to be – you know, the chalk. We mentioned Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bells. He'll never be those guys because we mentioned, what did we say? You have to have that pass catching ability to be in that and catch a lot of footballs. So a guy like Christian McCaffrey could jump a guy like Darius Geis because the amount of footballs he's going to catch. So for me, you know, his upsides running, you know, his best year he's going to have is he's going to finish his running back seven. And that's his best year in his entire career and his career. Right. I see him as being oh, running back seven. I can see that. That's... To me, there in a in a in a strong class of running backs and whatnot, you're going to take him four overall. Uh, okay, that's okay. There, you're not taking him two overall. No, you shouldn't take him number two. Yeah, you that's should. the biggest thing I want to emphasize. I feel you can't fi- take feel, him at two. No, I feel fine taking him at four, though. I really do. I mean, that's why I have him there. I'm okay with yeah. that, and I, me too. I have him there too. So who am I to say? Because if I got a guy that that's going to get me solid running back two numbers and and has a peak that he's going to finish you know, middle of the pack running back one, I'll take that at number four. You now, the only I mean? thing I would do differently here, and, I, and I'm going to tell you why, the only thing I would do is I would take Nick Chubb ahead of him, but the only reason I would do that is because I'm a Browns fan. Literally the only reason. And, and they're so close to me, it's like, I'll just take my I'll take Nick no. Chubb. So I, 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 I could root for him. They, were, they weren't anywhere on my board. They were four or five people apart before the draft. Uh, it wasn't until after the draft that – they're they, very close. They, they move closer. So, for me, it would be a very easy pick to, to take pick Geis. Geis. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I probably would still take Geis, but I could see myself taking Chubb. I know myself too well. I know myself enough to know <laughs> that I stay away from Browns players. <laughs> Not me, baby. Not me. Give me all the Browns players. Uh-huh. So, yeah, again, ups, still good player. I don't want to poo-poo on Darius Geis at all. I still have him, like with you, at number four overall, which is in this draft class is a pretty good place to be. Absolutely. Um, I just say tread caution. The only thing I want to say is don't poo-poo on Darius Geis, but whatever you do, don't take him at two. Whatever you do, don't take him at three. And even if one of those guys bust out, Penny, Michelle, I still wouldn't change my mind. That's it. Right now. Next guy, James Washington, our guy, gets drafted to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Listen, every time the Steelers take a receiver in the second round, he turns into dynasty gold. Yeah, no doubt, man. As soon as, as, soon as he went there, I was like, well, uh, it confirms that James Washington is good in my mind. Thank you very much. He's a big play wide receiver. Um, you know, he's behind Juju, so he's behind Antonio Brown. I think 
I think James Washington value is I could see them grooming him into their future guy to try and become they want to mold into their like Antonio Brown kind of player. Hundred percent. This Where, is this is this is the backup for Antonio Brown. This is the guy that's going to take over for Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown's twenty nine years old. He's thirty years old. Is he thirty? He's thirty. Twenty nine, thirty, whatever. Dirty thirties. Dirty young twenties, baby. Yeah. So to me, yeah, I agree. That's that's what I envision. So again, he's a slow roll player here. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna get him. You're probably gonna get him mid second round of your rookie draft, right around there. And it's gonna be a patient player. He'll fill into like you know how like Eli Rogers had like a game here and there where he's like on the radar. I'm like, oh, maybe I can start Eli Rogers. Better than that, you know. Right. And you have Juju there. Well, he'll make a couple plays as is because he's such a deep threat. Now he'll make some plays with he'll big bends, big arms. Players, yeah. But I think three years down the road, he has the potential to be a high end wide receiver two kind of guy. Yeah, absolutely. Man. So I, I like the spot. I like the I like the player. He's the guy we had. To, we were mocking in the first round for months and months. I see the bump down now to the mid second just because of you know sometimes you know even though you see him as a long term play, sometimes that three year road it's gonna it's gonna bump people down just because. Dude, you want to win, right? You don't have an immediate path to fantasy relevance. It's it's going to bump you down a little bit. Exactly. So mid second round pick, still love the player, love the spot. Yep. Next guy, the guy you love, I love myself some DJ Shark. You still have him as a first round grade in your rookie drafts. I do. I, I mean, don't have him there at right, all. Right. Right. And 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 the problem is, you know, there's a lot of young talent there on this wide receiver course. So I could see why people bump him down. I just I just really like DJ Chark. I just love his tape and he's got a lot to overcome, man. It's just yeah. I like the player too. I like him as a nice deep threat. Yep. Um but like I said, when you look at the roster, you have Keelan Cole there who's a nice deep threat. Has some hand issues. Right. Um but you know, they they got Marquise Lee there. They signed Dante Moncrief there. Uh, Dante Moncrief's on a one year deal. He's on a one year deal. Right. But you got DD Westbrook. I like DD Westbrook a lot. So you know, I? like if you're in a dynasty startup, right? Who are you taking, D.D. Westbrook or D.J. Shark? Personally, Shark. Okay, <laughs> but that's me. I'm but I'm it, higher than normal, but I can. Uh, there's definitely a case to be. You there. know, D.D.'s going what? Probably D. like twelfth right. to fifteenth round in a startup. Shark's going round nineteen. Right. You know, right around there. So you're talking a drastic difference there in value. The the thing I like Blake about Bortles it, is a question mark. Right. The thing I like about it is yes, those guys produced last year, but. None of them have established themselves in, you know, cemented themselves, we'll say, into the starting roles. And and I think DJ Chark brings a little something that neither one of those guys really brings, which is size and speed. He's he, at six foot three and, and f- you know, four, running four threes. He's got wheels, man. And he can he can really take the lid off the defense, but yeah, forty three percent of his passes were for more than twenty yards. He he can, he's a big play guy, but he can do some of the other stuff. I, I don't I don't want to pigeonhole him as just a, as a go this, long type of guy. This is where we separate. Okay. This is remember I called him like he's almost that one trick pony. Right. And you're like no 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 no, and you sold me a little bit more on him. But this is where this is where you and I drastically celebrate di- uh, differentiate, and where this is where you move him into the first round right. of your first, and I put him right into the mid. Uh, second round, because to me, I see him as mostly that deep threat receiver. When you have those deep threat receivers, they're way more hit and miss. They're guys you normally don't want to put in your starting lineup as it is. So not only does he have that against him, and I know you like what he could do, right. all of the other stuff as well, 
But everything else in front of him as well that he's competing with, and like you said, you like the talent to overcome all that anyways. I do, yep. But Marquise Lee signed a four-year contract, so he's he's in there, you know. And Him and Marquise Lee, in my eyes, can coexist. Oh, yeah. Do you know completely what I mean? They're co- completely, different, completely different animals. I'm just worried about D.D. and Keelan Cole there. And where does he find into the mix? Now, they took him in the second round, so they invested in him. They did. This is a good pick um, for them. So I think the opportunity is going to be there as well. But for me, with all those question marks, you believe in a player, so that's fine. Right. I just find it hard. There's just nothing you could say to me where I can see where it comes to fruition that convinced me to take this guy in the second round. Like, absolutely nothing. Because I think this is a guy – before the second round or in the second round? No, in the first round. I'm sorry. Okay, all right. There's like no absolute zero things you could say to me convince you to take in the first round. And I don't. I, I still can't even imagine like you taking him in the first round. I just can't. Right. Like if you're on the clock at between t- pick ten and twelve, for you to stand up like I'm taking DJ Shark. I feel like you'd only do if I was there just to look at me and wink at me and say <laughs> ha ha. But I think down deep down in your soul you'd be like, oh son of a bitch, I should have told Rich I'm locked him in, in the first round. That's what I feel. All right, all right. I guess we'll we'll find out. I think I have the, the last pick in in the first round in one of our drafts. I just I just think. No, I know. I, I got him. Why, in the, I why got him, gamble like that? No, I got him. In the, I got him with the last pick in the second round in our Superflex rookie draft this year, and I was ecstatic. That was that was amazing. That was great for me because that was that was my you. first pick. That was my first pick in that draft. I I traded away my first pick and uh-huh. then I won the league. So for me, that was like such a bonus because it was a guy that I had there late in my first round. And I was getting late in late in the second round. So I know I know where the value is. I know that I don't need to take him in the first yeah. round. You're better off trade. You you you're better off trading up to the mid second to get him. Hundred percent. Late second. Yeah. Because that's where he's going to go in all these. Hundred percent. So I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm going to need to take him there. But I am that high in the player where uh, where I have him ranked. You rank him there. I wouldn't be taking him. You there. wouldn't take him there. Yep. I have him ranked. Right around that mid to back end second as well, um, and there are a ton of other guys in that exact same range, and that's that's almost what that almost goes back to my my previous statement where I said the value in this draft is between like one eight and two eight because there to me there are so many guys in that area that are so similar that for me if I have that pick one nine or something like that and somebody wants to move up I'm I'm more than happy to move back and get a guy like DJ Chark. Instead of a guy like you know James Washington yeah, or one of those, you know. here's why. Like if you if you like Chark a lot, you can get a guy like Traquan Smith in the third round, right? Right. Yep. Um, guys, I like ahead of DJ Chark personally. I know you love him, like definitely because overall, like from right. tape to now, from uh, landing spot, I like uh, Anthony Miller ahead of him. Mm-hmm. I like Antonio Callaway ahead of him. Uh, I know it's a risk, but I do like his right, overall I mean, talent ahead of him. Uh, I like Michael Gallup. With his opportunity, good, good opportunity ahead good of him. Spot, yeah, uh, I like Christian Kirk ahead of him. I James Washington, I would still probably take ahead of him. I'd be okay with taking. They, they're pretty close, just because you know the upside there. DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton. That's a lot of in a running back class that we like a lot. That's a lot of receivers I like ahead of DJ Chark. It, it, it absolutely is, and, and and that's why he's going late second. That is why he's going late second. I just happen to like him probably more than the average bear. Okay, all right, Yogi. Yep. Um. Well, that's it. That's the second round. Obviously, it was a long episode here because it takes about an hour to break them down, but that's what we're here for. Hey, it's a podcast, baby. You get pause. You can come back. You can come back to us. Maybe we're back now. Maybe you, 
you can listen to Rich at 1.5, and apparently he he speaks really funny when I, you when you when you crank it up a couple of notches. I talk so fast and help. It's my biggest. <laughs> it's one of my biggest things. I I don't even know how I, how do, I don't I don't know how ESPN even gave me a radio show for my voice and how fast I talk. Yeah, went a lot because I drop I drop so much goddamn good information. People, boom 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 boom. They can't help themselves. Like That's this right. dude's right all the time. <laughs> and he's got crystal balls, and they're so shiny and mesmerizing. Oh, my God. All right. So that's it for today. We'll be back next week. Obviously, get into the third round. Hopefully, we get into the third and fourth round next week. Kind of start wrapping this up. Just looking at it, the third round, there's only like five or six players. So, so maybe we'll just bang out the whole rest of the draft we'll, next yeah. episode. There's a lot in the fourth round, um, but we might be able to just kind of skim through some of these. Yeah, we don't actually – we're almost through all the – you know, a couple guys like right. Naheem Hines I want to get into a little bit more. Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman. Gallup. Michael Gallup. Um, Traquan Smith. Guys right. like that that are in good situations. Uh, even a guy like no guy we never mentioned who's in a really good spot too. Just I just want to mention this now because you have a rookie draft this weekend or not. Jordan Wilkins drafted by the Colts as well, running back, nice cat, pass catching ability as well. Might actually compete with Naheem Himes a little bit. Where Naheem Naheem Himes is going locked in the second round now. You probably get Jordan Wilkins right around the fourth round. I was gonna say way so, back. Yep. Uh, he might be a nice. But I, it might be worth the gamble to sneak him into the back end of your third just to get him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. Just want to throw that name out there. Just throw it out there. Uh, in the meantime, if you got anything you want to talk about when it comes to Dynasty Fantasy Football, you got to have Twitter, baby. Jump on Twitter. Hit me up at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. You can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. If you want to talk to the mass majority of people that love Dynasty Fantasy Football, jump on our group chat. Go to DynastyNerds.com. Click on group chat. Join our Facebook group page. Tons of polls. Things I, blowing up, man. There's like 100 polls on there. We're almost at 2,000 group members. Just look at it as like the ultimate forum, right? There's so many polls on there. You have a question, you get 40 answers from all different like-minded people on there. It's a great place to be. Highly recommend the Facebook group chat on there. Um, if you do like the podcast, you can always leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We always like that. Absolutely. I think we're that. at like 546 or only like 54 more reviews The 600. Party. That's a milestone. Yep. That's a milestone. That's giving away some t-shirt stuff. Oh, we're for sure giving away a couple of t-shirts there. Mm-hmm. I know I, I know when we start the new nerd herd, we're going to give a shirt away a month. Nice. That's even crazier. Um so if your grandma has an iPhone, snatch it from her. Yeah. Give us a give us a give us a review. Download, a, download our podcast too on there. Yeah, put hit subscribe. Don't let she doesn't know what's going on. She'll see put no notifications. <laughs> subscribe. It eventually stop downloading cuz she won't listen to them, but in the meantime, we'll take it. Yep. We'll take it. We'll mostly take the five star review. Yeah, we'll take personally. the review. Yep. Uh, let us know what you think. Give me right here. This is my grandma's phone, but she she doesn't listen, but if she did. She love it. <laughs> um, so we appreciate it. Again, leaving a rating and review on iTunes really does help us out a lot in the podcast ranking. So we do appreciate that. If you want to rock a Dynasty Nerds t-shirt, your nipples will thank you greatly. Hit up DynastyNerds.com. Hit shop. We have, the, we have a couple cranberries left, I think, on there. We got the blacks. We got the reds. And we got the grays. The most comfortable t-shirt They're in the world. Fantastic. Guaranteed to increase your high five intake and your sex life all in one. Go ahead. Buy yourself one. When you show up to your rookie draft or any fantasy football draft, people will immediately know you mean business, and you're going to look good. And it feels good. Have you ever seen our logo? It's amazing. It's freaking amazing. Yep. It makes me smile every time I see it. Yes. That's right. Then we're going to try to make some hats and stuff, too. I know. Ooh la la. It's on the horizon. Well, we've talked too long, Matt. Yes, we have. We'll be back next week to talk a little bit less. Hasta la pasta. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.